Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, so Tom Jones, I was over at uh, the Bucks. First of all, for the first time, we were inside inside the building, not just the lobby. We actually penetrated the... Uh, the walls there and went into a meeting room. I think the last time I was there, it was probably over two years, but um, it was great. Uh, Monty Kiffin uh, had his press conference. He's going to be uh, inducted into the Ring of Honor uh, September 19th against the Atlanta Falcons. They actually surprised him on his 80th birthday last year to tell him. Then COVID hit, so they delayed it a year. Um, but at 81 years young, not moving as fast as he used to, talking as fast as he always did, <laughs> um, Monty Kiffin, uh, uh, we got to spend some time some time with him and you know it, it got me to thinking we can talk obviously about money and the impact that he had on the bucks and their defense and all of that um but you know for an assistant coach to get into a ring of honor really for any sport is rare right yeah you know all the time you hear about head coaches and 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 um and very often some of those assistants go on to become head coaches but I, is there an assistant coach that you have covered that has had quite the fame or the impact uh, with an organization that Monty had during his 13-year run here? No, no, I don't think so. I covered the Tampa Bay Lightning team that won the Stanley Cup, Craig Ramsey. Craig Ramsey, right. Yeah, and he was a really big deal. But, I, you know, it wasn't to the point where he, he was – I don't think he reached Monty Kiffin level. The only guy I can think of, Rick, and I didn't cover him, but you remember this. I mean, we've had other assistants in other, in other sports and other teams that have made a huge impact. The, the one that really stands out to me – was um was Buddy Ryan when the when the Bears won the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. And remember he got carried oh, off the field along with Ditka because they had that <laughs> separately, right. Right, right. And it was like they actually had like a little feud, I guess, going on between the two of them. Yep. But Buddy Ryan obviously and, and it's really very comparable to what we saw in Tampa Bay in terms of, you know, Monty Kiffin ran that it was his defense. He was the guy that ran that defense and um and so yeah, I I can can you can you think of anybody else? Um, you know, maybe like maybe some college coaches somewhere along the line. Of, uh, yeah, I mean, OCs and stuff. Yeah, I think there's there's been guys, you know, at the at the college game that have been, you know, um, coordinators. I mean, I remember Bill Arnsberger way back in the day. Sure. Um, for Don Shula was the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins, and then of course later coach at LSU and um in the and the um, uh, what am I trying to think of the athletic director at the University of Florida. Um, so he had quite a career in sports, but, but Arnsbarger was big. You, you sometimes will get, you know, a coordinator here or there. At Penn State, um, you had Jerry Sandusky. Sandusky, well. Now it's really bad, but I mean, he was, what, <laughs> yeah. he was with Paterno the whole time, pretty much. And His entire yeah, career. And he, wasn't yeah. actually, he was well-known you know, and well-regarded. And I mean, Got a lot of credit for that upset of Miami back mm-hmm. in, the, in the old Fiesta Bowl. We saw, I'm trying to think um, – you know, we've seen other coordinators who've gone on to, to get head coaching jobs. Um, sure. Guys who've worked for Saban, for instance. Kirby Smart then goes on. 
the coach of right. Georgia. But I mean, I mean, when you think about the professional level, I guess there's probably some pitching coaches out there, like like a Leo Mazzoni, Mel Stottlemyre Stod- comes to mind. The Yankees all those years, yeah. yeah. So we are in Mets. We we've seen we've seen guys like that, but boy, I, Rick, I just can't think of somebody who had the impact. Like I said, other than Buddy Ryan. Um, Dick LeBeau, I guess, was a you know he's been a famous coordinator for a lot of teams and in, in mainly in Pittsburgh. But I think Monty Kiffin, yeah. And and thing, the thing is, Rick is like it's not even a controversial choice. I don't think in terms of Ring of Honor when people said, no. "Oh, Monty Kiffin," you're like, "Oh yeah, of course, Monty Kiffin's going in." You know? Yeah. No, I think it, I think it's a natural. Although again, it's rare to see an assistant coach. And I'm talking about you know I go around the NFL all the time, look up there and see those names at various stadiums and you know some some franchises have more than others more retired numbers that that sort of thing um but you i I don't know that i can off the top of my head remember um being in a stadium and seeing an assistant coach's name in the ring of honor so it it really is a rarity and i think it's i think it's well earned you know is in in, i've written a couple stories already about money these last couple days and uh, talked to a lot of his former players and you know, it's one of those great questions, right? That the, it's a player's game. The players make the make the player, you know, make the team, and it's the coaches, you know, are kind of part of it. But um, you look at what Monty had um, in terms of Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and John Lynch and Rondi Barber, and then Simeon Rice came aboard, and and so on and so forth. I mean, you know, it, a lot of people would have success with that talent. But when you talk to those players, what they will tell you is that um, he brought out the best of, of who they became, that they weren't those players, you know, initially they didn't have all the answers and he challenged it. And I think, and you've known this too, Tom, and I think John Cooper might be a victim of this a little bit, is that the more talent you have at times, the coaching does get overlooked because it's just assumed that, well, yeah, he wins, but look at who he who look at who they're playing sure. with. Sure, and and I think a lot of times when you, when you have a bunch of guys that are uber talented and they're all alpha, you know, type, they they were the stars of the show wherever they were. That they, you know, to try to get guys to play together um, is the coach's job, and to put them all in positions to make plays so that they can all have a piece of this thing. I think sometimes that's that's a trickier proposition. I mean, it doesn't always work, and. Um, to have all those guys to a man that I talked to said, no, you know, and they each had a story where money called them out, you know, and did it publicly and, and also privately. And, um, and they were all turning points sort of in their careers. And so, um, you know, we know him as a character of the game. There's a lot of characters in sports, um, you know, the, the, the pitch voice and, you know, the way he would stalk the sidelines and things when he got excited. And, um, but, you know, Monty Kiffin is was really a, a, a really good X and O's coach, and um, I'm happy for him. It 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 shows you that winning um, requires more than just ownership, more than just great players, more than just a great head coach. You really do need to be able to put together a staff and and develop guys, even if they're good players. And you know, I I give Cooper a lot of credit about this because. I think what he's done, you know, and Steve and I talked about this the other day, he's won everywhere he's been. And I don't know why I morphed this into a, a lightning thing, but, you know, he he probably, even though he has two, two Stanley Cups and will never be without a job again if he wants one, um, I don't – did he win Coach of the Year? 
No, not this year. No. Yeah, did he win last year? No, no. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, no. Where's I, his no, trophy? Exactly. You know what? The other thing that impresses me, and and we talk about Monty Kiffin in this way, is that first off, you know, he gets hired. Tony Dungy, right? He was hired by Dungy, right? Dungy, Dungy brought him in right. as a yeah. defense quarter from now, New Dungy's Orleans, de- where they didn't think they could get him. Dungy's a defensive guy. Now I know that Dungy mm-hmm. was was he wanted to be the head coach and he was going to delegate and all that, but still, for Dungy to bring in, okay, first off, he identifies a guy who knows defense, identifies another guy that he respects mm-hmm. and and brings in. And then when Dungy gets fired, the new head coach easily could have come and and just cleaned house. So we're getting rid of everybody. Well. But no, <laughs> but I mean, he, he you know, Monty comes back with him. Yeah. And I always respected that when when there's a coaching change or whatever, and and somebody like that, Monty stays. And it's and it was it was the strength of the team even even the year they won the Super Bowl. That was very the strength mu- of that team. Very much so. And they, they continue to be really good. I think in the 13 years they're in the top 10 almost every season and and uh, top five many of those eight years. And um, but the interesting thing, like now we'll get into that what we didn't talk about yet um, with Monty Kiffin, which you know you got. I had to go back to how that all broke down. It was not pretty for a while. And, and Monty and Tony go way back. In fact, and I didn't know this until Tony told me the other day, Monty was the coach at Nebraska, the defensive coordinator, and Monty's first game at quarterback at the University of Minnesota. He was an 18-year-old Dungy's freshman. He got beat 40, Dungy's first game. Got beat 41-7 yeah. to 7 by Monty Jeez. Kiffin. Um, <laughs> didn't know him then, but right. that was an, a, a nice memory. And then they worked together in Minnesota. Monty was the linebacker's coach when Tony got there as a coordinator. And Monty had run another system, and they kind of you know uh, worked together. It was still the, the the you know what Pittsburgh did, which was a cover two that then Tony brought to Tampa, and it became the Tampa two. Um, and, and Monty, but Monty left and went to New Orleans. It was a coordinator there. And when Tony got the job, he felt felt like there's no way I'm going to get Kiffin. He just took the he, he was just at uh, with Jim Moore in New Orleans um, as their defensive coordinator. But Moore knew the relationship and let him out of his contract and let him come to. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Monty was talking to Jim Hazlitt with the Saints, and Moore decided to make Hazlitt his coordinator instead. Monty came here. The rest is history. But when it all went down with Tony Dungy, this is the, you know, because I lived it, um, what what really happened, what happened was, uh, as you recall, before Monty was fired, what were the Glazers doing? They were meeting with Bill Parcells. Uh, again, you know, one more time, the runaway bride and Bill Parcells. And there were still two weeks left in the season when I was writing stories um, about it or talking to Tony about it. I hadn't written a story yet. Uh, and I knew what Parcells was going to do. He was keeping Monty Kiffin, and he was keeping his whole defensive staff. And Kiffin's agent was Jimmy Sexton. And Monty's agent was Jimmy Sexton. So it, we'd be naive to think that Kiffin had no knowledge of what was going on, Right. Because they were ready to hire a GM um, that had come down here to interview, even though Rich McKay was in the building. Um, there was all kinds of this stuff flying around. And when Tony did get fired, what the Glazers did, and, it, and again, it wasn't a coincidence because Bill Parcells wanted Kiffin, wanted that defensive staff. Those guys were under contract. They said, they're not leaving. <laughs> you know, we have our defensive staff. We are not losing our defensive staff. We will go find a coach, and it was a dog and pony show, like they hadn't talked to Parcells already. And, you know, then Parcells pulls out. It got ugly. I remember having a conversation with, with Monty. He was very upset that I wrote that he was going to stay here, and he was part of the new staff with Parcells. 
and he he thought he looked like you know a little bit of a Benedict Arnold at that point. Right. Um, right. Tony got over it, but uh, Monty was very upset because of that perception. And the reality is, is that Gruden couldn't bring any coaches with him. Oh, okay. So it, he so had no choice. He had no choice, had no choice but look what he ran into. Well, I mean, it turned know, talk, out great. Yeah, it turned out fantastic, and and it would have been a mistake. And I think the owners knew it um, to let Rod Marinelli and you know Mike Tomlin and and all those guys, Raheem Morse and all those guys, out of their contracts, and and especially money to go someplace else when it wasn't the defense that was the problem. Right, and it was it would have been late in the game too, right? I guess for very much so. Yeah, for yeah. those guys to like uh, to late find February job. by the time they hired, all those jobs were gone. So. Um, he got a little fortunate and, and you know, um, still coached here and, and did a really good job. And, and, and there's no, you know, Tony was part of the, the uh, video presentation today and has nothing but great things to say about Monty. And, and Tony benefited from Monty being here because he did let him coach. He did let him call uh, the defense and, and he uh, provided a lot of energy and, and, you know, and that sort of thing. So yeah, it was just, just really interesting that, uh, you know, that he's going in the ring of honor. Now, I'll ask you this question. We don't have to spend too much time on it. But first thing I say to you, okay, who's the next person, player, should be in the ring of honor? Go. Man. What pops in your head? Uh, boy, I almost forget. Like, I remember I was, there was a little while ago, I was complaining, like, wait, we're putting two people a year in this thing? I know. And that's <laughs> part of, that's part of the question. Like, that, it really, I, mean, I think it's legitimate. Like, how, how many more players should go in there? that aren't currently playing, right? That's I mean, but that's what bugged It always bugged me that they put two in at a time. I'm like, this franchise isn't good yeah. enough to put two people in at a time. You know, we talked about, I right. used to make a joke about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, they don't have, their ring of honors in Canton, Ohio, okay? They don't have to put in two. <laughs> so, I mean, like, wow, I don't even know who would be, uh, like, who's not in that would be up next. Who, like, who, who well, would? I mean, there's there's a bunch of players, you know, there's still players from that late 90s, early 2000s team. I mean, um, the one that, that I keep bumping my head into is Simeon Rice. Yeah, okay, that was I, – I, for whatever reason, I thought he was already in, but yeah. yeah uh, here's another guy. Warwick Dunn is not in the in the ring of honor. Now, Warwick Dunn left before the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but he was a big part of those teams, you know, uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s. Okay, but – okay, I'm going to say something now, and <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Why do I come you, on this podcast? You can be the first guy that says something bad about Warwick Dunn. You'll it's never like, be on again. <laughs> it's – I mean, it's the ring of honor. Like this is the all like if now if we're if we're putting a ring of honor in for people who like do great stuff off the field, work done's the first guy to go. Oh in. now, come on. He was a pretty good player. He's a pretty real good, good player. player. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good player. Pretty good. No, he's very good player. Very okay, good. Do I gotta Fine. pull out the stats. Elite? Or? We're gonna are we talking elite? Like that's what this ring of honor is supposed to be. Maybe not um, okay. Ring, then like is, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it should yeah, be no, like I, special. Special, special. Yeah, it's it is it is special. There's only fourteen human beings in it. Fourteen? <laughs> that's a lot, man. For a franchise that's well, only they've been playing football 45, 50 years. Forty five years. You're fourteen people. That's not a lot. That's a, that's way that's too like many. One every three years. Imagine if we retired about? jerseys. Like imagine fourteen. You'd be down now to like eighty six numbers you could use. That's well, it's some of too those, many. Some of those are coaches and and owners. Yeah, and owners and, and all that. Yeah, I get yeah. that. But still, it's one just, of them is Malcolm Glazer. So. Right, right. Which I get. Uh, you know, I get it. He's the owner and all that. But and he won the Super Bowl with him and he built the stadium and all that. But. I don't know. I've just and worked on. Yeah, look, I'm not going to like pick it outside of Raymond James if they put work done in the <laughs> Ring of Honor. You're just, the guy. You're the guy 
Who started the don't put work don't done put in the work. Oh, by the way, <laughs> work done never tomorrow. Go to game. In Sarasota, we'll be giving away two more houses to uh, single moms raising families. See, no, no, so I, I just feel, wanna, no, okay, you can feel bad now. Just want to toss that in there. Feel like a hill? Like, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I hate kittens. <laughs> I hate kittens and puppies, too. What do you want? No, I get it. Like I said, if we're putting in a ring of honor for people who who do stuff off the field, he's my first guy that goes in, first ballot, wonderful yeah. human being. He's done more for this community than I'll ever dream of doing. He's a good fo- good football player. But, I mean, I mean, part of his career was, you know, he was in Atlanta. Uh, the, uh, the best part of his career was in Atlanta. Yeah. and it's Where he was the number one running back, didn't have split time with Allstott, who was there today, by the way. Hmm. Um, it was interesting. You know, most a lot of these guys are on vacation because it's still July. and um, But we, got, we saw Mike Allstott. Booger McFarlane was there. The MVP, the Super Bowl. Eh. Well, I should have said, you're in good hands with Allstott was there. <laughs> By the way, there was a, uh, I guess the Athletics doing a story on this, the Berman's nicknames. Oh, really? Yeah. And he, uh, and one of the reasons they, they were trying to get a hold of Mike is because he, he said that that was one of his favorites. Really? You that know? was what Berman yeah, said. It he was always, one of his yeah, that it was, ah, Mike, you're in good hands with Allstock. Can you imagine today, because, you know, Jake from State Farm, right? And you've got right. Aaron Rodgers. And can you imagine how much money Mike Allstock would make in today's NFL? For all state, oh yeah, yeah. You'd sign if up he tomorrow, were yeah. if he were playing today, exactly. I mean, and why, and why did they? You wonder why they? Didn't why didn't they at the time? I know, I know. I mean, Berman because they are getting it for free every Sunday. That's why. <laughs> that's, that's, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, but, Chris Berman. Nah, look, I mean, if you want to put work done in, I'm okay with it. I'm not like I said. I'm not going to pick it outside this. Is there anybody else that pops? James I mean, and, Wilder, and if you're I mean, asking yeah. me like who's next, like work done would be among the next people to go. Yeah, yeah. I just. I, uh, you know, you don't, I mean, 14, I, I, wow, it's 14 already. That's, that seems like it's a lot. 14, but it's, I mean, it's, you know, two of those are head coaches. One of those, uh, uh, is an owner. Um, you anybody know. old, like really old school, like going back to no, actually three coaches, right? McKay. McKay. I'm sorry. Three McKay now, yeah. and Dungy, Dungy and, and Gruden. Yeah. I mean, uh, anybody back from those original, like 76, 77, 79? Well, I mean, you know, there, I think you can make a case for, for some guys like Batman Wood, Richard Wood. Um, you know, um, I'd have to go back and look at numbers. I mean, the problem was is that, again, they were a defensive team that, you know, had about a four-year window of playoffs um, and, you know, went to one NFC championship game. But, um, you know, they weren't Super Bowl teams, so... You know, even Leroy Selman only you know played eight seasons, and he's yeah. maybe the greatest player of all time with the Bucks. So, I think they've exhausted because because if there were somebody and the one that you know that sort of like spackled you know in the middle of the beginning of the eighties into the mid eighties is James Wilder. That's the guy that is. Um, I know his son obviously lives here. Is pitching hard for that. I I could see that he was he was almost you know their entire offense uh, for a number of years. They just weren't very good teams, and for whatever reason, people don't like to reward guys on bad teams. <laughs> right. Let yeah, me ask no. you this. Let me. I'm gonna throw this to you. Let's say we're five years down the road. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw a couple names at you. Yeah. Gerald McCoy. Oh yes, absolutely, no doubt, no doubt about Ring it. Ring of Honor. Yes. Okay. Yes. Levante David. Uh. Yes. Levante David's a Ring of Honor. Yeah. 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 Um. Mike Evans. Mike Evans, I would think he's on the trajectory. Like, if he were to never to play another game, would I put Ring him on? Ring of Honor right now. 
he plays uh, no more games, I think he's in it right now. Probably, yeah. seven, seven straight 1,000-yard seasons, yeah. Super yeah. Bowl champion, never did it, but never been done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for you to get to the real name. Tom Brady. Yeah. See, I don't know. Okay, let me give you this. Let me give you this. Peyton Manning's in the Denver Broncos Ring of Honor. He played what four seasons there? Right. Went to two Super Bowls. Right. Won one. Yeah. No. I. I. I my thing with Brady is I, I would probably say no unless they win like another, another one maybe. What if they go um, to another one and lose? I, look again. It's a Ring of Honor. It's a. It's a museum basically, or it's. I'm. It's just a name on the side of a wall. So it's a name on a stadium. Yeah. It's a name on a stadium. So it's not like. You know, we're soiling anything. It's not like you know. Uh, Again, that's like open, st- I know I'm. I'm already regretting what I said about work done. I know I'm gonna get killed for it. <laughs> work done is like the nicest guy in the history of the planet. I'm so. Uh, I don't know. T Jones at pointer dot Six years. Six years he played here. Um, yeah. That's what I say with Brady. Like it's only been a couple of years. Like when we look back at the end of his career, and, I, and you talked about Peyton Manning just a minute ago. I don't look at back at Manning and first. My first thought's not Denver Broncos. I'm not even sure it's my second thought. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I think you think Colts, you, and same thing with Brady. Um, although Brady, I think, had more of an impact on this Super Bowl than Manning had on Denver Super Bowl. But um, yeah, I, do, I, I don't. By the way, before I get to Brady, yeah. I go back to Brady. Let me just say this: Did you see Peyton Manning's throw out the first pitch of the All Star Game? I did not. Please look it up while we talk. Okay. Call it up on on your Twitter machine if you can. Okay, yeah. And then I want you, then I then I'm going to say something that I would not have thought I would ever say before, until you see him, and I should say attempt to throw a baseball off the mound. Okay, I'm watching. I'm watching it right now. You have to watch this this attempt here, this throw, because you know he threw a football his entire life. I mean, yes. right? he's an athletic guy. He's you know six foot five. Mm-hmm. He has to have a modicum of athleticism. I recognize the baseball is smaller. I mean, um, got it there. He pretty much well, got, well, it com- there. got it there. Watch it again, my friend. You're just yeah, rushing through it. it. Now he bounced it up there. Yeah. Look at the form. Yeah. Has he ever held a baseball? <laughs> what is he doing? What is you that? Know, it's, it looks like Carly Rae Jepsen, except the throws no, a little my, better. My favorite one of all time, and this was you <laughs> and I years ago. We go to a we go to a game in uh, at the Tropicana, and it's after the game that it's a post game concert. And you and I want to go. We both took our kids. You took your son yeah. Wes. I, t- I took my son Andy to go see Earth, Wind, and Fire. They were playing out the game. We were so excited. And Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind, and Fire before <laughs> Love the game. Philip Bailey. Yes. Before the game, he was. They had picked him to throw out the first pitch, and before the game, as you know, as they're getting ready for the national anthem and all that, you go, "Oh my gosh, look over there!" And I look over, and it's <laughs> Philip Bailey who's practicing his first pitch, and it did not look good. And and you you had the famous line like, "How old do you think Philip Bailey is?" And I'm like, "I don't know, 52, 55." And he's like, "If you haven't learned to throw a baseball in your first fifty five years, you're not going to learn in the next two minutes." <laughs> <laughs> and somehow he bounced it up there, but yeah, okay, yeah. It's Do not, you remember? Would you <laughs> if you if you went that. out there right now? You could you throw a uh, you could you could reach home plate, right? You, I mean, it's been reach a long it. time. When's the last time you threw a baseball? It's been a while, I bet, right? Yeah, a long. Time. I'd be nervous. Well, you'd be nervous up there, right? I mean, Manning. I'll get. Well, Manning. first of all, I, I mean, I played baseball, so it's not fair. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're if you're right. suggesting that in even in my decrepit age and state, <laughs> which is possible, I couldn't throw it. You know, you'd have 60 Tommy, feet, you'd get Tommy inches. John surgery. Yeah, I mean, my arm was never good when it was good. It was okay, <laughs> but 
um, after not having, you know, all the scar tissue that's built up in a rotator cuff. Yeah, it could be, it could be nasty. Something bad could happen. But yeah, I think I, I held a baseball enough. I think I would know how to get it up there. What I'm stunned about is that, and look, don't ask me to throw, you know, a football. Okay. Cause that's not what I did. And I recognize that Peyton didn't throw baseball, but still it should be easier because the baseball is round and smaller, right? The football is big and oblong. That's different. But I mean, have some, like, that's the most unathletic. I mean, for a guy that was, it was, it was the kick. It was the the leg kick and stuff too. That didn't help. But it was all awkward. And it was just like, there (laughs) was a little like Tim Robbins in, in Bull Durham. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like he was an actor trying to throw a ball. Like, I don't know. It's and, certainly not Jameis. Like obviously, Jameis could throw a baseball, and he was a quarterback. And I wonder. And if you know other... how you always said that unless Peyton Manning, it didn't matter that he was just a passenger in his second Super Bowl. If he didn't have that second ring, you were going to put him among your top quarterbacks. That's true. I've seen him throw a baseball. Now he's not among my top quarterbacks. <laughs> he's not among, there you I don't even care be, about the records. I don't care about Lombardi's. Yeah, he's out now. He's, but was, he's out but, because of that. That. I get that. Yeah, I get it. So, uh, Brady, say Brady, say they don't go to another Super Bowl. Say they go to a Super Bowl but lose next year. Is Brady okay. in your ring he, of honor? He plays two years or three years. He plays. Uh, say he plays. Say he plays next season. This upcoming season, they get to the Super yeah. Bowl and lose. Yeah. You know, like a good game, yeah. but not like a yeah, was okay. classic game. But and he yeah. plays okay. It's not yeah. his fault that they lost, but he didn't do anything to help him win. And then he plays one more year after that, and they uh-huh. make the playoffs, but they get knocked out like, in the okay. first round yeah. or something. Like that. Is mm-hmm. he a ring of honor guy then? Oh, by far. And I'll get one step further. There will be a statue. Listen to what I'm saying to you now. There will a be a statue. statue. There will be a statue outside of Raymond James Stadium of Tom Brady. Of Tom Brady. We can't we can't do that. We can't just we can't just take over Tom Brady and, and the legacy. Like that belongs to New England. That's no, not it ours. Doesn't. It's it it's Champa Bay's now. <laughs> no, seriously, we can't do that. I am serious. He's not ours. I think people would make fun of us if we did that. He's not ours. He's, he's New England still. He'll always be New England, even if he, he wins the cup. No, he came to Champa Bay. He <laughs> he changed an entire, not just a region. Tom, they want to are you not buying of, into the – Are you, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. It's bigger than that, my friend. It's bigger than that. Okay? Just so you know, when Tom Brady was at the University of Michigan, what did the Red Wings do? Yeah. What did the back, Tigers right? do? Yeah. Hmm? Okay, and then they grew up in California, right? When he, the 49ers he grew up in California, were yeah, they were awfully good. How about this? When he goes to New England, please, my friend, go look up the number of titles that the Boston Bruins won. Right. Oh, how about the Red Sox? They went a hundred something years <laughs> without a World Series. They won two, and like Tom, if you don't think that the Tampa Bay Lightning owe their last two Stanley Cups, Stanley yeah. Cups, to one Thomas Brady, forgot his middle name, then. Thomas John, I believe. Uh, you're mistaken, my friend. This and is the Brady Pete, effect. Pete, Pete Alonzo from T- Tampa Zone. Pete Alonzo wins, wins the home back run to back twice. home run derbies. Come on, Champa Bay, baby. Come you on. Might be on to something. Tampa oh, Bay Rowdies. The Rowdies can't lose. Damn. I mean, I'm just telling you, this is not the Brady effect. You can deny it all you want to. You can you, until the you can say that it has no linkage whatsoever. The facts are the facts. No, the fact Tom is, Brady, as soon as I Tom stopped Brady being effect. a sports columnist at the Times, everything <laughs> well, went haywire. To <laughs> something to do with that as well. It was Tom, Tom was friend. responsible. It wasn't Brady. It was Jones. And I don't even want to talk about the subscriptions. So, you know, <laughs> although I will. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, no. I 
seriously, he will be in the Ring of Honor. Wow. And deservedly so. Yeah, no, I get it, I guess. Be- because, and then Brad Johnson will start calling him. No, because. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because. <laughs> what about me? Because he will have changed the culture of not just his organization, but the way we all feel about each other. You know, like it's mm-hmm. Champa Bay. Do you think the name Champa Bay will ever be, well, I guess it could then, you know, they start losing, they'll call it Chumpa Bay or something like that. But do you think that, that Champa Bay will ever not be part of this DNA of, of, of this sports town? No, from, it, from no it'll always be. I mean, and there are things that we, like we'll, we'll always remember this, this whole Kucherov number one BS stuff is oh, already, phenomenal. it's already gone viral. It's already my favorite phrase, by the way. Phenomenal. Like, I said my wife and I are now going around the house saying it all the time. Whereas, like literally, it's, it's like, "Are we out of milk?" That's number one BS. You know, <laughs> my wife said that the other day. Did you leave your socks? And that's number one BS. Like it's become a like, and I'm not. We are far from the only household in Tampa Bay that's saying this. Everybody is saying this. So it's Hilarious. no in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay will be. It's. You know, it's weird. Again, Rick, I, I think I wonder if we're going to look back. I, we, you and I have talked about this several times. If we're going to look back, you know, ten years from now, and this is like all a dream, like with COVID and just how bizarre the last couple of years have been, and we haven't been really together. Uh, you know, as a games, we covered them differently, we watched them differently. You know, nobody went to a Bucks game last year. That was that's weird. Mm, not you many. Know? Yeah. Um, and it's you know, and and then. Last year, no one we couldn't go to the Stanley Cup playoffs last year, you know, but we could go this year. It's it's just all been a weird year, and it doesn't make it any less impressive. Doesn't mean there's an asterisk involved to any of it. I think in some ways it's more impressive, uh, but at the same time, I think we're going to look back at this. It's all going to be part of it. This part of this, I'm telling you, somebody needs to write a book about this thing. It's it's um, it's just been an uh, amazing experience to watch how this town has gone. From being like a joke, like the Rays were a joke for years. I know they haven't been the last, you know, d- decade. It was, it was before COVID when they got good. But I mean, all this, you know, the Bucks—they were going nowhere, firing coaches left and right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, within like a eighteen-month span, we're the greatest. It's among the greatest runs in sports history. I'm sorry. One. When did that? When did that start? When did that 18 month span start? Yeah, well, about a few months. Well, I know when Tom Brady arrived. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's true. Yeah. Ring of Honor. It, ring of, statue outside the Trop. Statue. Statue outside of uh, Emily. <laughs> right, right next to Andrew Chuck. Right. Yeah. I'm okay. okay. Don't tell me that they that the Lightning started the boat parade because they really didn't. No, it was Tom didn't. Brady who revolutionized the boat parade. Yeah, they got on a couple jet skis. A, that's not a bull parade, to, right? That's, <laughs> that's yeah. true. I mean, really? I mean, Brady with the you know tossing the Lombardi tequila, Tom. Come on, just saying, man. Don't fight it. Just don't fight it. Everybody Steve, gets where in. We, work done in Tom Brady yeah, we, in. <laughs> no, I'm gonna put work done in twice now. I did tell you this. I think I've told you that, um, and I think I've written it. Or at least I hope I have. That uh, Jason Light told BA when he first got the job that his goal was to have a statue before his career was over of Bruce Arians outside of Raymond James. That that okay, was there's goal. the next one. They go to a Super Bowl this year. Automatic. What if, what, how about even, even if they if don't? Even if they don't. Is Arians in? Is he a lock? Yeah, he... I think he has to coach. Here's what I think. I think, uh, here's what I think. I think he's coached two years so far, right? Jameis mm-hmm. and Brady. Yeah, right. If he coaches two more years, 
and gets to the gets to the playoffs twice, uh, maybe makes a Super Bowl run, championship game, that sort of thing. I he's a lock to me. I mean, we gave we put John Gruden in, and he won so a Super Gruden Bowl. Right? Won, Super Bowl he went to the playoffs three times, three times in six years, and had a uh, was one game over five hundred. Didn't win a playoff game right after after he won the no. Super Bowl. No, didn't so, win a single playoff game. Yeah, he's you know, and nobody nobody shouted that down. Right. Just saying. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, before we get you out of here, uh, Tom Jones from pointer.org. Um, let me ask you about the All-Star Game because I've run hot and cold uh, about this Midsummer Classic. And there were a couple things that I really, really liked. I was... First of all, I don't think we can say or talk enough about Shohei Otani. I what this mm-hmm. guy is doing. Um, I was I was somebody was reading off you know some of Babe Ruth's re- records right, and you have the term Ruthian and and what he is doing is 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 Ruthian. It's stupid. Everybody that's ever tried to play this game knows it. And I thought it was very interesting. And he seems like such a likable guy. Um, you know, uh, exhausted himself in the home run derby, which he didn't have to do went into overtime in that one and lost in the first round, then started the all-star game, had a clean inning, um, had a couple at bats, but I thought it was a great showcase for Shohei Otani or Shohei Otani. But um, the, the all-star game itself, you know, it doesn't determine, you know, it doesn't, thank God, has it, I don't think should have anything to do with, you know, which league gets home right. field advantage and, and that sort of thing. But there was a lot of complaining. I've heard I've heard a lot of complaining on the radio in different places that don't make any sense to me. But then a lot of times none of that does um, about uniforms, about um, uh, you know the players being mic'd up too much. Joe Buck, uh, what do you think overall of the product that you watched last or the other day? Uh, look, I I typically like the All Star Game. I, I I think it's a it's it's probably the only All Star Game that's a legitimate game. Like people are out there really throwing. They're really trying to hit. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it more yeah. closely resembles the actual sport than than in the no other question. all-star game. I think it does. Um, I like the uniforms. I know some people didn't. I, we're Steve and I, and I, we're talking about it before. You, what didn't you like about it, Steve? There was something. Th- the blue ones look like pajamas. <laughs> With the pants and the shirt, and it just looked like You know, pajamas. they actually are. They are selling them now online as pajamas. I will buy those pajamas. As a kid, boy, that would be great. So I get that. Like, the, the white ones, Dream you're okay with the white ones, though, right? I mean, uh, you know, it was okay. I mean, I, and I'm not opposed to, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, you have to wear your regular jersey in the All-Star game. I don't, you know, if you want to have special jerseys for the All-Star game, I don't care. But I just, I just didn't like the design of those. But... Then again, I'm not the age they're targeting either for those. Right, things. they're trying to attract. Do you think people. they're targeting people that like all blue uniforms or something? It's I mean, the it jersey. Looks- people are going to buy the jersey. People are going to buy yeah. that blue jersey with the Tampa Bay logo. Or and there know. is the key. Ding ding oh, ding, yeah. ding ding. We have a winner. All this is about is dollars, marketing sure. dollars. You can buy a Yankees uh, a jersey, Red Sox, Rays, all you want to, even one with an All Star patch, and it's not going to move the needle. But if I give you something that is uniquely from this All-Star game that only the All-Stars wore, 
that's a whole new product, that's a whole new check, and that's really what they're after. Oh, yeah, and that's why we have throwback uniforms and all those things as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, I I will say that there were a couple of moments during the All-Star game, because they're wearing those uniforms, that a ball was hit. Like, that ball was hit the other night, the left field, and the guy made a diving catch. Like, it took me a minute to, like, figure out who it was because I couldn't see, like, oh, it's a guy that – He's wearing a, he normally been wearing a Twins uniform or a Blue Jays uniform or whatever. Um, so that's the players mic'd up. I like that. I don't typically like that during the I People thought they, they should do it during the regular season. I, I don't think so. But uh, How about the guy I, mic'd up while he's hitting, though? How, how does that work? I don't know. Like the pitcher, the pitcher at the end, the guy from Australia at the end there, was <laughs> the uh, – the guy that saved the game was was swearing and everything it was great. It was it was so awesome. I I like I the the Joe Buck hate. I don't get it. I always thought Joe. I like Joe Buck. I think he's he's uh, he's an excellent announcer. I I think the All Star game is good. I, I like I like I don't like I'm not the home, a home run derby guy at all. I think the home run derby, derby really? is boring. I think it's boring. It's literally the same thing over and over and over and over again for. for well, I got to bring two back hours. Chris Berman. Oh my gosh! Seriously though, it's just you're. I mean, it's the same thing you're throwing. And am I am I supposed it's to? It's worse. I'll tell you what. What bothered me about this one? I never got to see where the ball went. Right, because like, they're they so were, fast. They, they boom, had boom, it, when you put a clock right on on uh, on the pitcher and the hitter and say you've only got this much time. It becomes it becomes a uh, an aerobic workout. Right. In other words, okay, swat whoa, and then before Berman can say that one's all the way that he's got to change cities because the guys already hit two <laughs> it's more. All the way to Pueblo. <laughs> yeah, so they they did they never they never saw you never saw where the ball went. Right. Like it was the weirdest thing. It was like here's a center view field view of a guy, you know, behind the pitcher hitting a home run, but they never follow the ball. Right. So I never knew where these balls were going. They said, "Wow, that was really out of here." Well, would have been nice to see it. And by that time, he's that's the problem I had with the way they're doing it now. It's an endurance contest. It's yeah, not I just don't like it in contest. general just because it's to me, it, literally, it is the same thing. It's the same pitch and same swing and same hit over and over again for two hours. It's there's no. It's just looks so repetitive to me. I would watch a – if I ever went to a home run derby, I hate to say this, I'm amazed that none of those little kids in the outfield – Oh, don't just, get killed. Yeah. <laughs> either run into each other or turn an ankle or <laughs> – Get hit in the face with a lot. Some you of those realize guys, those. You realize all those kids are um, the uh, uh, the the result or the um, DNA of the players and coaches that are at the game, right? Are they? Are they? So they're they're related. I would to imagine, those? unless unless they belong to the television network. I don't. All they I know is there's too like many putting, of them. I'm waiting for somebody co- to run into. Oh, each it other. looks dangerous, but I'm saying most of them are fairly coordinated. And I hope, but I mean, these are major league. Baseball players hitting balls that you know with exit velocities on 110 yeah. miles an hour, and there's some eight year old kid though, putting it? his glove up like it's, it is amazing. Please don't get hit in the face. It's amazing they haven't had an incident in all these years. It is. But how about Mike Zanino? Mike Zanino with a home run. Yeah, the Z man batting 199, representing. <laughs> but he hit a home run. Telling you, man, that can you in your lifetime, Tom? Did no. you think you'd see a, anybody in the All Star game with a 199 average? No, when Rod it's a joke. Was hitting about you know, the old Mendoza line. We used to make fun of it. You know, yeah. Right? Anybody hitting below two hundred? Right. Yeah. Guy couldn't uh, hit his raise, weight. Ways raise well represented. Um, ways well represented. Wabbit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, they were, and they, you know, they all got a hit. I think uh, um, Joey Wendell got a hit, and um, the reliever helped me, Steve. He, Andrew um, Kittredge, perfect Andrew inning. Kittredge pitched a perfect inning. Zanina with the home run, and Kevin Cash got the win. Kevin, Kevin Cash looked excited to be out there. He looked like he, he was, was having fun. He was having fun, and that was great to see. 
So, you know, hopefully he'll get that opportunity again. That means he went to the World Series. He doesn't want to be be Dave Roberts' side of the bench this next time and maybe win the game, but um, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I I I don't have a I I enjoy the All Star game. I don't I don't look at it like um, and he, you know for people that think I heard somebody may have a horrible take today and goes oh I wish they cared about who won what like they're out there trying to win like it's not right they're they're not just jaking it but they're gonna have fun too I mean there is so much respect to think that a guy is gonna stand up there on the mound against Otani or anybody else. And, and not throw hard and try to get him out. Or to think that um, the other is true, that you know I'm, I'm the best, one of the best professional baseball players in the world. That's, and how I got here was you know my work ethic, uh, giving, giving a crap, um, being productive. And so now on the biggest stage with my family, my friends there, people watching all over the country, you think I'm going to go up there and just jake it? No, well, it's like no, a battle. No, I mean, like, it's a, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Pitcher hitter. A yeah. pitcher going out there, I I I can only guess. And actually, I've talked to pitchers. I've talked. I covered. I've covered a couple of All Star games. I remember back in the day, Lance Carter, who Lance had Carter, a really, yeah, had a really good year for the race. They had say like thirty saves. I remember talking to him at the All Star game. In fact, it was in Chicago, and I believe it was the All Star game that it was at the uh, new Comiskey. It was the game that ended in a tie, or meant no. It was the first year that the game meant supposedly meant something. Because the year before mm-hmm. it ended in a tie. Because they had had one ended in a tie. Because they yeah. had one, yeah. And Hank Blaylock, I think, hit a home run. He was from Texas. Anyway, I remember talking to Lance Carter before that game, and he was telling me, he's like, please just let me get through the inning without embarrassing myself. Like, yeah. these, are made, these are all-stars. And the word, the last thing he wanted was to go out there and like not be able to get three outs and and it'd be pulled before his inning was up and give up you know two or three home runs. Yeah. He was scared to death that that was going to happen, and I guarantee yeah. every pitcher. I don't know, care if you're your Lance Carter, uh, who's playing in his first All Star game back then, or your Max Scherzer, who's played in you know a half a dozen of them or whatever. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to look bad out there. And Max Scherzer almost got his head taken off one time by a line drive, um, and you know the ball that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit, I think, is still traveling. I mean that thing. Was a rocket. So yeah, and I mean, you watch Vladimir Guerrero Jr. after the game. Tell tell me that didn't mean something to him. Of course it did. Absolutely. And Mike Zanino was ex- Matt, Mike Zanino for the rest of his life. I hit a home run in an All Star game, a Major League Baseball All. That's right. So, what a memory. Yeah, and, they're and playing. They're playing be, hard. You know, they're trying. They're not. They're not taking yeah. people out on double plays or whatever. But it's yeah. They're they're also going up there trying to hit, and the pitchers trying to strike him out. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Get off my lawn if you're uh, anti-All-Star <laughs> baseball. In fact, bad. if you don't like baseball, don't watch, okay, because yeah. I love baseball, and I, I'm going to stick by the game. One day we'll talk about you know other changes that they're proposing, not proposing, whatever. The uniforms I can take or leave. I know why they do it. It's 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 money ball. They're trying to make money. Um, I'm okay with that. I do like that. I am a traditionalist. I, it doesn't bother me when they wear uh, their own uniforms. You know, If you're a fan of a team, you like to see your team go out yeah, there. Yeah, that's and, all right. They're, you know, the Rays run out there, and you recognize them and all that, but that's fine. Anyway, what we got going on at uh, Pointer.org? Been an eventful uh, couple of weeks here for you? Yeah, it's, I took last week off, and I you know, I missed some stuff. There was some, yeah. uh, you know, some things going on at ESPN with Maria Taylor and Rachel oh, yeah. Nichols and all that stuff. And then more controversy this week with Stephen A. Smith and yeah. uh, his comments about Otani. Um, so, yeah, it's been a little bit busy at ESPN. Um, it's always busy. There's stuff always going on. So the Washington worldwide Post leader a, is uh, 
under siege a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And Washington Post had a big story on Tucker Carlson that's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, I wrote about that for today's newsletter. So, yeah, lots going well, on as always. Check it out. It'll be fun. Check it out. He's Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times. We were talking about the lightning before we get out of here. Let me just tell you folks this because you don't want to miss this opportunity. You know they've done another book, Tommy. I can't we do wait. Books now. A little Dirk Shad know, photo. Right? Yeah. Oh, he's the best. He's the absolute best. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, uh, you should have had the first one. But um, celebrate the Lightning's back-to-back Stanley Cup wins with the hardcover collector's book. It's uh, full of the best stories and photos by our friends Dirk Shad and others from the Tampa Bay Times. 160 pages, perfect way to commemorate an unbelievable season. Here's what you do. Go to bolts.champsbook.com. That's plural, bolts.champsbook.com to order. Regularly, it's thirty nine ninety five for a limited time. You can save ten whole dollars, and if you just pre order that, uh, you'll get it for twenty nine ninety five. This special offer expires August fifth. Tom Jones, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Sounds good. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 